Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I'm here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the great Michael Chu. Uh, is a new friend of mine. Uh, he's also the creator and founder of Champion Development Inc., which is just like coaching with your hair on fire. I had a chance to check out his website, and it's just amazing what he's doing. But he's really uh, built a support program for executives, fitness professionals, and entrepreneurs. His background started in direct sales leadership, and over the last 15 years, he's been the CEO for five separate businesses that have generated over seven figures in revenue. Uh, it's not a one hit wonder who's with us here today. Michael is also one of the only coaching mentors who still has an active and thriving health coaching business in conjunction with his business coaching programs. Really cool dichotomy there. Um, I love to explore that. And then finally, Mike uh, is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs scale their business and their marketing efforts. Whether you're starting from scratch or going from six figures to seven figures. He's got what you need. Uh, so uh, Michael, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah. And I'd love to just kind of start off with your story. How did you get into coaching and why? Yeah, Scott, great question. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to uh, to chat and uh, rock and roll. But to, to answer your question, how I got into coaching and why, uh, there's really two key pivotal parts to, I guess, that story. The first one was uh, when I launched the Health and Wealth Academy, which is what you were referring to there in my bio. The reason I think that's there in my bio is because I think a lot of coaches haven't actually done effectively or for a long period of time what they're teaching other people to do. So mm. while that's highlighted in the bio is that, yes, I help coaches. Yes, I help fitness professionals launch businesses and scale businesses online. But the reason that's in the bio is because I also started and launched my own seven-figure peak performance coaching program that still runs today at seven figures while teaching other coaches how to build their own business. So um, the first thing is, I do think it's important to do what you've already done. The part of the story was that I was at kind of a low point, admittedly, uh, in my own personal life. I had led three different seven-figure organizations up until that point. All three were still doing seven figures annually, and yet I was wildly unfulfilled. I had just turned 30 years old. I think I had this grandioso image that when you turn 30, like all of a sudden, and you have all this money, right, that life was going to feel different. And it didn't. In fact, I found myself stuck in a small town that I grew up in, a town of like three, 4,000 people in a relationship that I was admittedly kind of un unhappy in, um, doing work that made me good money, but I was kind of tired of doing and questioning if my best years were behind me. Mm. 
And one of the things I'd always heard from a mentor is when you're lacking, give. And so I wanted to just give back um, to the world, to the marketplace. I had no idea what it would look like, but I wanted to take the decade of building seven-figure businesses that I had uh, and see what I could give back to the marketplace. So that was kind of the birth of my first coaching business, which I referenced is called the Health and Wealth Academy. Mm -hmm. Um, Little did I know that that would grow to 200 to 300K a month uh, peaks on average, uh, all with organic marketing. Uh, And then the second way I got into coaching is that I never wanted to be, Scott, a coach of coaches, admittedly. Uh, I was running my own coaching business. I had already built other businesses. So therefore, I kind of thought the coaching coaches thing was kind of BS. And I remember I was with two mentors and I was sharing with them how I focus on building my business, very focused on making it sustainable and scalable for the long term by focusing on leadership systems and LTV. And I remember they said to me, they said, Mike, it's not about you. It's about the industry. It's about the people. This coaching industry is not mature enough that they're actually focusing on things like LTV. So at that point, I said, I'll beta test what I do with 10 other people, see how the results go. Um, That was wildly successful with those 10 people. And it led to me also launching uh, what is now our LTV accelerator programs today, which is how we coach coaches. So Mm. a little bit of a longer winded answer, but there was kind of two parts to the coaching there, the first coaching program and then our current coaching program. I love that. And and you're, uh, I think, uh, if I, I'm kind of going through past guests, I think you're the first uh, coach who specialized with other coaches, which is a, a fascinating concept because I, if for as much as coaches talk about coaching, I'm consistently surprised at how few coaches have a coach, right? Uh, sure. And, uh, and, and how, you know, they end up do, doing and making the same, the same mistakes that they're, they're trying to help their clients through. So sure. I think it's fascinating that that's what you focused on. Uh, I've even had some coaches say like, well, if I I'm a coach and I need a coach. Like, have I failed? It, well, no, you know, like that's, uh, that's not it at all. And so I'd love to just explore that a little bit. So for folks that, um, uh, that are, that are coaches in their own, right. What is it that you've uh, found is some of the most important work that you do to help them? Yeah. Well, can I address the whole statement you said really quickly here about if I'm a coach and I need a coach, have I failed? Can I address that yes, really quickly? Please do. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's two really important nuances to that statement. When someone says, I need a coach, have I failed? My response to something like that is always, you don't need, like the specific word need, you don't need a coach. Yeah. Right. You'll figure it out, right? Or you'll you'll live an okay life without going out and hiring the coach. So to answer your question, no, you don't need the coach. However, if you're desiring or committed to taking things to levels you never imagined possible or doing it faster than imagined possible, then of course you're going to want to take the one true shortcut to success. And that is modeling the success of others who have been where you've been and can help you clear the path. So that's the first thing. And the second thing I would address there is just the ability to put our own egos aside in acknowledging that if we're asking others to invest in us to be their coach, but yet we don't believe I think belief is one of the biggest things that makes it hard to sell and market anything. Yeah. But we don't believe enough in investing in coaching ourselves. How the heck energetically are we going to go attract people that want to invest in us if we don't believe in doing the same thing for ourselves? It's so true. So just yeah, want to address so that. 
Yeah, that's so true. So excellent. And I'm a hundred percent agreement with that. I think, um, you know, for coaches, the reality of it is coaches are CEOs, just like everybody else, you know, their, their own small business. And of course there are unique challenges, uh, to any profession, but the nuts and bolts of it, the fundamental underlying drivers, the belief systems you talked about are all there for everybody. Uh, so yes, uh, absolutely. I think that's a phenomenal explanation. Uh, so kind of dialing in a little bit further, what's the type of work that you end up doing as you're helping coaches that are trying to grow and scale their business? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it put in a simple statement, we help them build fast in a way that's built to last, right? Like mm. if you think about weight loss, for example, just because you could lose 20 pounds in a month doing whatever fad diet or extreme diet you could doesn't mean that's what you should do long-term. I think a lot of entrepreneurs in our industry get caught up in like flashy silver bullet strategies that could make them a lot of money fast. Right but it doesn't mean it leads to a business and a life that they actually love. If the business is actually stressful, every month feels like you're starting back at zero. You're questioning where your revenue and clients are gonna come from next month. So we really specialize in leadership systems and most importantly, how to extend client lifetime value. Mm. Yes, getting front end clients is important, That's the start that sparks the business. But for that business to actually be valuable, Alex Ramosi talks about this in a lot of his podcasts, if you follow Alex at all. He's like, for a business to be valuable at all, or a business that gets to one to $3 million to really go to the next level, the thing most businesses are lacking that cause them to not be valuable is a lack of like back end systems and cleaning up the lifetime value and retention of clients to stay longer. So that's what we specialize in. That's our main focus. That's what I believe we do better um, than almost as as far as I've seen. It's it's what we do unique in our industry. And it was built on the foundation of my first uh, decade of businesses that I had to get good at extending employee and client Uh, lifetime value for my business to be successful. Yeah. And what do you find are some of the biggest mistakes folks are making in that specific area, you know, that's, that's reducing lifetime value for their clients? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I call it expectation management, right? We, we hear in personal growth so often, Scott, things like time management and, you know, mental management, but we don't talk about the expectation management enough. Mm. And expectations um, are the foundation of what helps or kills or hurts lifetime value, right? Because when the expectation, which is what a lot of marketers do, they focus so much on just getting a client today by marketing big promises, which can oftentimes overpromise the real expectation. Fine, yeah. they did that to get a sale today. And when most entrepreneurs are new in the marketplace, I get it. We got, we have to get sales right away to fund or fuel the business. But there comes a point where we have to realize that that's hurting future valuation and future business at that cost. So the biggest mistakes, number one, is expectation management. And then number two, especially for coaches, we try and over deliver at the cost of actually helping people get results, right? And when I say over deliver, we end up giving way more information than somebody actually needs early on. When more times than not, if we actually want to help people get results, we just need to give them higher priority activities and less things to do. And then 
kind of stream out or extend out all the other things they could learn to do. Just like if a new entrepreneur was starting their business right now, but they're going from zero to 10K, why have modules in there about team building? Why have modules in there about ads or whatever? I'm not saying don't teach those things, but it's just not needed right now. And so those two big things kill uh, client lifetime value. Right. So how does, because I think this is true, not just for coaches, but for professionals, uh, professional services across the board. How do folks go about, you know, so much, right? Uh, you get a, a good coach, great coach, even they know just like 99, more than 99.9% of the people that they're helping. And they probably know 99% more than they do. And they can just come in with this flood of information that you rightly says is not very helpful. So how is it that folks can discover what it is that they know that is helpful versus what it is that they know that's just information for their clients? Yeah, well, I think the difference between good coaches and great coaches is not the difference of information. In fact, the good coaches might know more than the great coaches. In my opinion, great coaches, yes, they still know a lot. Yes, they're still experts, but they understand how to decipher Uh, and see through everything as far as what their client actually needs to focus on right now. Mm. And so how somebody can get clear on that is one, having actual experience helping other people get results. I think that's one of the biggest cancers of our coaching industry is that either the coach has never actually done it themselves or they don't have experience of actually helping other people. But if they've done those two things, they should be able to identify Based on, Scott, where your business is at right now, this is all I want you to focus on for now. If you just focus on just these couple things, those things by themselves will create breakthroughs, growth, et cetera. And it falls under the banner of a pretty popular used quote, and that is small hinges swing big doors. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, in other words, real growth is like the devil's in the details. The money making is in the nuances. Anybody can teach a sales script, but someone who's a true expert knows the little details and nuances that make the biggest difference. Small hinges are in the, you know, swing big doors. And so that's how a great coach should identify. Yes, I know all this information. This client simply needs to focus on this right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, I had a, a coach and a mentor of mine who he had to tell me like 20 times because it took me a long time to figure it out. But he said, it's not about you. Mm. And, and it's funny, you know, something that simple uh, can really take a long time to 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 really wrap your mind around because it, it's so easy to use ourself as the filter for like, what would I need to hear? Or what would I, you know, I was in that situation. What did I need? And the truth is, you know, that may be a helpful filter, but ultimately what it really comes down to is what do they need to hear? Yeah. What do they need to do? Yeah. And you may or may not be a good indication of that. And I, I think you're right. Great coaches are able to decipher that, right? They're able to separate themselves from what's best for the client and really deliver on what's best for the client. And I would even add one level higher, outstanding coaches help the client decipher for themselves what they should focus on, right? By saying, here's how I did it, but let me ask you some questions to identify with context because too many people quickly take advice from all the gurus and experts and people who have done really well, but what worked for them 
should be learned from, but it doesn't necessarily mean it should be implemented exactly how they did it because there's so many nuances to it. How big was the person's audience? How many years of experience? Uh, you know, all, there's just so much that goes into yes. saying that's exactly why it would work for me right now as well. And so yes. that, I think that's extremely important. Yeah, and that's so true. And, and I think that goes back to your point of earlier, like, why is it helpful for the coach to have done it? Well, it's helpful because they've actually seen the thing work, right? It's not just purely academic, but there's a trap that the coach can fall into and saying, hey, if I did it that way, then you must be able to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think really the gold standard, and obviously you can't start here as a coach, but where you want to get to and, and what separates what I would say a high demand coach from others is they've got experience of doing that with person after person after person, because yeah. then the patterns really start to to show up. And, and that's where, you know, that's where the results really start to become remarkable. Yeah. So true. So true. Fantastic. All right. So here's a moment I've been waiting for. And I've, I've been wondering what you'd say to this as we've been going through the conversation, because you've dropped so many great, great uh, bits already. But uh, I'd love for you to share with us uh, what you think is the biggest, your biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret. What's the one thing that you know that you wish everybody knew and everybody listening today knew? <laughs> it's a good question. So what do I... No, what can you ask it one more time? I just What's sure. the biggest secret that you know that you wish everybody listening today knew? Yeah, I don't know if it would fall into the category of a secret, but going back to what you said earlier about like ego and coaches being like, if I need a coach, have I failed? Um, I wish I knew years ago that normally what feels most personal is actually most universal and relatable. Mm. And on the flip side, oftentimes what is most universal is not personal, right? The, the, so how I use that as an analogy is like when A, on the marketing side, when trying to connect with our ideal client, if we write very generic content, what I jokingly call like your men's health article, like the five keys to losing fat, it's written generally for like every man out there, but it's not actually personal. So for marketing, I wish more people understood that. But the secret that I really, and why I said that is, man, as a high achiever, I grew up a 10-time national karate uh, champion. Um, I was the oldest son of an Asian family. So it was all about like winning and achieving and everything like that. And I wish I knew sooner that the things that I was battling and struggling with, whether it was insecurity or fear or losing, or, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's things that are happening in our business that we sometimes are fearful of ever admitting out loud. Like yeah. We have a month that sales are down or an employee quit, or we're going through a legal battle or profit margins like tightened up, or we're working later than we, you know, we, we, we try and present as our lifestyle. I wish I knew early on that those challenges and those struggles, while they feel personal in the moment, are actually what's so relatable and connects us with other people. And yeah. anyone who has been successful can come to your current struggles and go, I've been there. Or they can go, while I've never been in the exact situation you're in, I can relate to what you're feeling. Because I think I would have been less scared to share those problems out loud which would allow me to be more open-hearted and open-minded to being supported yeah. by a mentor, by a coach. Yeah. And I'm not naturally, or I wasn't naturally the type of person to ask for help because I didn't understand that a long time ago. I tried to beat my chest. I'm like, I can figure this out on my own. So in the journey of entrepreneurship, 
I wish more entrepreneurs understood the secret that whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're battling with right now that you're keeping a secret is actually the key to unlocking your next level of growth if you're willing to open up about it and realize that you're not the only one. That's fantastic. And, and I think a, a similar challenge that uh, I see a lot of coaches facing, uh, kind of uh, another aspect of this is that they they try to show up as a coach, not a person. Mm-hmm. Right. They try to show up as like, hey, I got all the answers or I know how to help you find all the answers. And they don't show up and recognize that own weakness. And, and it comes across as inauthentic. It comes across as, you know, maybe even a know it all or just out of touch. And yeah. and so I, I really think you're onto something. It's not easy. Right. Yeah. It's not easy to show up and be like, yeah, here's my stuff, you know, and there's a right way and a wrong way of doing that. But sure. I, I love that you brought that out because I think it it is the key. When I look back at the best coaching relationships I had again and again and again, as people who opened up and were authentic every step of the yeah. way. A mentor of mine said it and put it this way. Achievements impress. And that's needed for someone to see us as an authority, for someone mm-hmm. to trust that we can actually help them get results. Achievements impress. But vulnerability is what connects. And Mm. John Maxwell has a law in his 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I believe it's called the Law of Connection, maybe. Uh, And basically, it goes on to say that a leader doesn't ask for a hand until they've touched a heart. Right. And it's the old adage of like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think as coaches, yeah, achievements impress, but it's our own vulnerability that A, connects. But what I would add is the last piece to that is it's what actually inspires our clients. Mm. Because if not, they see us as perfect sometimes. They put us on a pedestal with kind of like, oh, it must be nice to be Mike or he, it comes so natural to him. When we're willing to share the like vulnerabilities, they go, oh my gosh, I struggled with that too. It actually makes our success more duplicatable in their eyes, more possible for them. And at the end of the day, we're inspiring people through our vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. That's so good. Uh, I I love that. So uh, last question here, uh, kind of closing questions, we're we're rounding things out. uh, And then we'll see how folks can get in touch with you and and hear more about your program, what you offer. But uh, I'd love for you to take off your coaching hat for a moment, right? Put on your CEO hat again. I know you've done this, what, five or six times now, but uh, tell us a little bit as CEO, what does it look like for you? What's your next uh, phase of growth look like as an organization and as a leader? Yeah. Um, it's three main focuses. And just as a suggestion for anyone uh, who's watching or read or listening to this and growing their business, a great book to read if you've already gotten to seven figures or beyond is uh, the book Scaling Up, a really, really like playbook type of book on what to focus on. But for us right now, um, last year, again, just an achievement, we, we were ranked in 5,000s, number 548 fastest growing company. Awesome. And we got a lot going for us. But at the same time, there are new complexities, new challenges at every level. Our three big focuses right now is scaling our acquisition um, because there comes a diminishing level of return at, on different channels. So scaling our audience, scaling our channels. Uh, number two is optimizing profit margins, right? Everybody thinks it's going to be so sexy to get to certain millions, three millions, five millions, seven millions. But the reality is sometimes margins tighten up at certain levels until you grow to the next level, because to go to that level, you need to hire, you needed to do this. And so we have, we have healthy profit, but the first phase of growing my business, we were at like 60, 70, 80% margin sometimes. So to see that fall below 30% sometimes or 
even below 50 was like, what the heck? And so number two is re-optimizing profits at this level. But the third and the big one I'm focusing on is uh, layered leadership, Mm. right? Growing to one to three to 5 million, you're oftentimes the leader of every department and you're just leading other people to do the task. But then past that, you're now leading the leader who's leading the person doing the task. So there's almost like two, three or four levels or layers removed from your leadership. So you're now learning to develop the leaders who are developing the leaders to do the thing. And so that's a big focus of ours right now. So scaling, profits, and leadership. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, So for those who are listening, uh, maybe they're coaches that want to do it or or they're even interested in being coached, uh, how can folks find out more about your work and get in uh, contact with you? Yeah, well, two things. First and foremost, if any of you are a coach or service provider or consultant uh, who wants to unlock what we call hidden pockets of profit, uh, we help people unlock $100,000 to, I think of Alric uh, already last month, $240,000 in hidden pockets of revenue using our system. Bastion Slot, if some of you guys know the name, uh, over a million dollars in his first 90 days of new revenue unlocked with this. Uh, wow. We put together a free training for anyone who's building a coaching or, or consulting or education company, you can just go to www.champdev.com and just put your name and email in and we'll send you over the free training. You got to make sure you put the www in there. I don't know why the team hasn't figured it out yet. If not, it'll say a broken link. www.champdev.com and there's a free training there. If you just want to follow us and you're a coach who's either A, already at like 5, 10K growing and you want to scale to 30 to 50, or you're already at like the mid six, seven, and you want to unlock these pockets of revenue I'm talking about, follow me on Instagram uh, or Facebook are the easiest ways um, to just connect from there. And then you can find our free Facebook communities, our free resources. And we got tons of, we have tons of value and trainings we can give coaches, but a free training at www.champdev.com or Instagram or Facebook are the best ways. Mike Chew on Instagram. Michael Chu on Facebook. You can find me there. Got it. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it was uh, an amazing conversation. I, yeah. I so appreciated it. Uh, brought so many new nuances to the conversation uh, that I think our, our audience and listeners will, will really benefit from. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we, we truly appreciate the honor it, it is to be able to serve you and speak into your life. So thank you for that. Uh, we cannot wait to see you next time. And until then, to your success, have a wonderful week, a wonderful day. And even a wonderful year. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. 
If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.